Praise the Lord, it's chat time again. Praise the Lord, it is chat time once again. Now this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So um, last week we ended our program talking about Creflo Dollar, that televangelist who is saying that his teachings on tithing are not correct and he's not going to teach that anymore. Instead what he's going to teach is... Um, honor giving <laughs> and if you bought any of his tapes or videos or books on tithing he says throw them away but he's not giving you a refund for throwing them away but anyway i i just wanted to recap because after the program we got to thinking about um tithing you know because there are a lot of people that say it's just in the old testament it's it you know we're under like creflo dollar says that it's not correct. We're under grace now, and we don't have to do that. But actually, in Matthew chapter 23, it says something a little bit different. In uh, chapter 23, verse 23. <coughs> okay, it said... Matthew in chapter 23, verse 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and uh, uh, nice and coming, and have omitted the, weight, the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Let the they're talking about spices. Uh, nowadays, we take spices for granted. We go to the store, we look at the pepper yeah. and the, and you know, and garlic spices and all that. We take it for granted. But. Yeah, we do take it for granted. But if you go to the spice store or some other place, it's like much more expensive. Right, because some of the spices are really sp special and takes uh, a certain type of uh, method for, for raising those particular plants in order to harvest the plant and, and to obtain the spice. Yeah. 
Well, then there's another scripture in Hebrews chapter 7. Yes, Hebrews chapter 7 and 8 reads, And here men that die receive tithes, but there he received them, of whom it is witness that he lived. Hebrews chapter 7 and 8. Chapter 7, verse 8. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he received them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. Well, I don't know. Maybe it goes, maybe it's a little bit um, further down. Chapter 7. Because it then talks about... Um, Verse 9 says, talks about receiving tithes. As, and as I may so say, Levi also who received tithes paid tithes to Abraham. And verse 10 says, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So it's talking about tithing. It's not a manufactured money amount. Uh, tithing. It's ten percent, right? Some people question the fact that it's ten percent. That's what the Lord has established. But the number ten means something. Oh yeah, there are, uh, everything God has put here on this earth has a spiritual significance, and numbers are one of them. And to the point where a lot of people have drifted off the spiritual meaning and gotten involved in numerology, which the Lord condemns. But numbers do have meaning and that's why when the Lord tells you you know how many times or out of the mouth of two or three witnesses there's a reason why uh, three days and three nights Jonah was in the belly of the well the Lord rose again on the third day numbers mean something so I don't know you can um, stop paying, paying tithes if you like but I wouldn't um, recommend it I remember um, many, many years ago, I was, I was just always so broke. I would try to save some money. I would, you know, have it automatically taken out of my check and put it in the, in the bank. And, and then at the end of the month, I was short the same amount of money that I put in the bank. So I go around and I take it out of the bank. And then I do the same thing the next month. I put that, I think it was, I think at that time it was $400. And then by the end of the month, I was short $400, and I'd go and I'd take it out of the bank, and I'd have nothing, you know. And then someone told me that if I believe that if you start paying your tithes, that the Lord's going to bless you. And so I thought, well, God, that, you know, you look at that money, and that's a lot of money you, when you don't have it, you know. And that step of faith is something. When you take that step of faith and you tell the Lord, no matter what happens, I'm going to honor you and I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to do what you say, and the Lord blessed. Now I'm at the point many years later that I don't think I'd ever stop doing that because I'd be afraid. I don't want to be $400 short every month. You know, I don't want to go back to where I was, you know, so many years ago. I, I That wasn't a good feeling, but anyway... Um, all I can say is just try Jesus, just try him, just test him, you know, see if, if the, your life isn't going to get better, if your finances aren't going to get better. 
I wouldn't call it honor giving. I wouldn't call it. You try to give it a different name because anything that you dedicate unto the Lord, like say for instance, if if for, for whatever reason, Carefo Dollar you know, has convinced you, you don't have to uh, pay tithes. But then you say within yourself, I'm going to give God this 10%. I'm going to give it as unto the Lord. I'm just going to give it because I trust him. The Lord will bless you for that. Anything that you dedicate to the Lord, set aside, you actually dedicate it to him as an offering, God blesses it. Now, some people say that you give 10% of your time. You know, you dedicate 10% of your time and say, I'm going to take 10% of my day and I'm going to read the Bible. Well, you, you have to do that anyway. You know, you should be doing it anyway. I'm going to take 10% of my time and, and pray. Well, you should be doing that anyway, you know. But whatever you dedicate to the Lord, whatever it is, whether it's your money or your time or your, you know, take out... I don't care what it is, even if you're going for a walk and, and you're doing it because you feel like, oh, I need to lose weight or I need to get in shape or something. But if you start out saying, Lord, I'm going to dedicate this walk to you. I'm going to take this time and I'm going to, and I'm going to give it unto you. And I'm going to ask you to bless this walk. I guarantee you that the Lord will bless. He will bless. Now, if you pay your 10% as tithe, knowing that God had required them, then you can expect to look for the Lord to prosper you in the way that he said he would prosper those who paid their tithes. Why you do something, the spirit in which you do something, makes a difference to the Lord. So if you say, I'm going to pay my tithes, God, because you, you said so, and they're trying to make a distinction between uh, Old Testament, New Testament, but Lord, you said pay tithes, so I'm going to pay them. If you do that, consciously saying within yourself, I'm going to give God 10% of my increase, 10% of what, what has been increased because of my labor and my efforts, God will bless you for that leap of faith because you're giving it as unto the Lord. You're giving it to him. It belongs to him anyway, but you're saying I give whatever you entrusted me to as a faithful steward. Lord, I give it back to you, basically, is what you're saying. So when, I don't know uh, how people operate, but when they operate within the parameters that God has established, they prosper. It seems like the, the, the money that people try to rake in, the greedier that they get, it's like they're running in place. It doesn't seem to profit them. Well, nobody's saying that you're going to run into a... Uh, something, you know, a stumble over something. You get an extra bill or you get an extra something, but God's going to take you through it. Right, you and, and you'll find yourself prospering because of it. And you Sometimes, shouldn't say, well, well, I was paying tithes and this happened and I'm not going to go back and pay my tithes. Because you know? something worse could but, happen. <laughs> but, you know, things happen in life. That's just right. the way it is. But it's not know? because you paid your tithes. God doesn't trick somebody. You don't ask of God, uh, bread and he gives you a rock. That's not the Lord. You don't ask him for fish and he gives you a serpent. That's not the Lord. When you run into obstacles or you run into tests and trials, God will take you through because he guaranteed you that he would bless you if you pay your tithes. So this concept that if you are a saint and, you, and you're trusting the Lord, you should never have to suffer any hardship is 
is backwards. That's now, not how know, life is. Just go ahead and look at what you're doing with your money. I mean, how are you doing? How is that working for you? I mean, are you losing out? I mean, you probably say, well, I'm going to go to the Potawatomi or something, and I'm going to see. Well, that money that you set aside for Potawatomi, you probably lost it and came home with nothing. Right. Or if you gained it, you, or, don't, you have little or nothing to show for it. When it comes to the Lord, it is everlasting. It is something that's permanent. It's something that you can bank on because God is a keeper of his word. It's not something that's fleeting. But with man, those things are fleeting. You see them once, and then the next thing you know, you don't see them again. You know, you, you get lucky in your mind, and you think that you have advanced, and the next thing you know, you, you, you look years later, and you're in the same position that you were before. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but with the Lord, you actually increase. Well, that's, that's us on our soapbox today. But uh, I want to talk about something. Somebody sent me an article today of, or t the other day. And it, it, the question is, how can I know if I am hearing God or hearing Satan or hearing my own thoughts? And this article says that life is full of decisions that do not have absolute, specific, by name, how-to directions in the Bible. Uh, like how many hours, for example, how many hours should my kids spend on, on their screens, computer screens, or uh, telephone, or cell phones? Is it okay to play certain video games? Am I allowed to go on a date with a coworker? Is it okay to miss work because I stayed up too late the night before? <laughs> you know, you do something and then and you wonder, is it okay to do stuff like that? You know, we all have notions about the truth and how do we know for sure these ideas, thoughts are coming from God? Am I hearing God or am I hearing myself? Is it me thinking this stuff that is, you know, making sure that it's telling myself that, it, oh, that's all right, you did this. Um, or, am I, worse yet, am I hearing, you know, the, you know how, remember those little cartoons where an angel was on one shoulder and Satan was on, the devil was on the other shoulder and the angel would be whispering in one ear saying, don't do this, and the devil would say, do this. You know, how do you know you're not hearing a little word from the devil or you know, Satan disguised, you know, because he, he can disguise himself as something very, very logical. And sometimes distinguishing our own ideas from God's ideas is, is sometimes a little hard. And, and what if our urges are actually coming from the enemy and not from God? How do we take every thought captive when we aren't sure where the thoughts are coming from. So I think it says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 5, that you should take every thought captive. You know, most commonly God communicates through the Bible. I know that when I pray and I ask God a question, sometimes I'll open up the, the Bible and I'll look for a scripture. Yeah, you know, when we, yeah, when they when they talk about taking every thought captive, they're talking about every thought to the uh, the obedience of Christ, meaning that your thoughts have to fall under the word of God. 
The Lord is not going to tell you something that's going to be contrary to his word or contrary to salvation. And so you will know hearing God's voice, hearing the Lord speak to you is such a personal thing for every person. But you will recognize when something is not of yourself. Okay, so taking this one question that I, I for example, you, you stayed up really late doing stuff. Now, maybe it wasn't stupid stuff. Maybe it wasn't out carousing. Maybe it wasn't, but you were just busy. You were doing things. You stayed up late, and you're just exhausted. And now you're telling your, and I'm wondering, is that telling yourself it's okay to stay home from work, call in sick? And where would I look in the Bible for an answer for that? First of all, if you're not sick, you can't call in sick. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing. Secondly, you might say, I just can't come in today. You know, there, there, uh, there, there are circumstances that have prevented me from being able to come in sick. I can't say coming to work. I can't say that I'm sick, but I can actually say that I, not, I won't be able to come in today. You know, so sometimes you just have to, you have to bite the bullet. But, but you, would you pray about that? And you, would you go to the Bible and ask the Lord? Depends on if your conscience is, is plaguing you. Say, for instance, if you are undecided, you might go to the Lord about it. But if you know within yourself, there is just no way that I'm going to make it into work today. If I make it into work, I won't be able to stay. You just know within yourself, there, there's a thing when the Lord says, put on the whole armor of God. One of the first things that you put on, you gird your loins with truth. So, you know what's true, and you know that in this truth, there's just no way that I'm going to make it. So, you call in and you tell them, I won't be able to come into work today. So, in other words, what you're really saying is that we should pray about it. You should pray, and you pray about all things, but, what, what, but you are in an attitude of prayer, because God has given us understanding, and he says you ask for wisdom. And, and that's in James, chapter, I think it's chapter one verse five okay. and I, I tell the lord that all the time i ask him for wisdom and i tell him you said that if any of us lack wisdom ask and, right and he'll give it to you liberally right and then it and then you know that you are within god's word so therefore if you are within his word you're within his will and this and that's the key you want to make sure that you know that that's in his will Right, and you know that you're within his will when it's not violating the word of God. So if a person, as an adult, decides that they're not going to come into work today because they're too tired, they'll just say, I'm tired. Okay, so, so what if you prayed about it and you know that you asked the Lord for wisdom and, and you know that God's going to give you wisdom and then uh, he, you know that he's going to make his will known to you and he's going to make it clear um, but you're still, should I call in or shouldn't I call in? Should I? You've got doubts. You're wondering, should I or shouldn't I? Then I feel like or, if you go through you know, all that, should I, should, should I or shouldn't I, then go into work. <laughs> that, that to me, that's, that, if you're struggling that hard, then to me you need to go into work. You're, you've answered your own question. You know, but, but if you know within yourself, it's just I'm too tired. So, so in James chapter 1, that's, that's basically what it says, that you have to believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a, 
you know, a, a wave, like right. you see, the waves are just coming. To and fro, but the Lord's not saying you have to believe and not doubt your decision. He's saying you have to believe and not doubt the Lord. So you have to believe and not doubt that God has given you. And the, if you don't have faith, he's not going to. Well, you if you don't have, receive anything. From right. Him. So that's why you have to trust in the Lord. You mean, you really have to tell yourself because the enemy will come to try to make you doubt the Lord. I mean, come strongly. Come against your, your principles, your mind, to try to make you question the Lord. Not yourself so much, but actually question God. So you reach the point where you say, Lord, I'm going to trust in you no matter, no matter what. I might be... Uh, not ex receiving what I expect to receive, but I'm going to trust in you because you said all things work together. Not everything happens for a person's good because the enemy means it for harm, but God will make it work for our good. So all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. So when we, uh, when we come across an idea. So the Lord made us independent thinkers. We're going to have original thoughts. We're going to have ideas and imagination, but not wicked imaginations, not evil imaginations. We're going to have goals and aspirations and dreams. We're going to have those things because God has instilled that within us. But then we go to the Lord and we seek for him to direct our path every day. Okay, when you say he has instilled that in us, he has instilled particular dreams or desires? Uh, the ability to dream. In us? The ability to desire. The but ability. not the actual dream. The, I don't know. Because he gives us the ability to, to dream. He gives just, just and when I think about the things that Jacob used to come up with and the things that he used to do when, when, when uh, his father-in-law kept changing his wages and and when he had to work for his wives and, and things like that, you know, he gave him the ability to use the uh, understanding and the wisdom that he did have. Things that we wouldn't have thought of. I mean, I, when I think about Jacob or, or his ability to discern, when Esau said, you know, you know, you can spend the, the night with me. Jacob said, no, I, um, but he had enough wisdom to say, no, you know how kids are. <laughs> you know how children are. They're tired. And I'm thinking, we're going to rest. But he knew not to trust his brother. He knew his twin brother, and he knew that he would not be safe, and he didn't trust him to do that. That ability to discern, God has instilled within us those potentials. He's given it to us, and what we do with it, these are the things that God gives us the authority over, whereby we are free. What we do with it makes a difference. He's given us the raw materials. What we make of it, it's up to us. So, you know, besides praying, you're going to have to study the Word. You're mm -hmm. going to have to study the Bible. You're going to have to get in there and, and read His Word. And you have to have your, your mind, your heart open to His voice. Because there's some things that, that you, you will not maybe even understand while you read the Bible. You haven't come into the fullness of the understanding. But you have to recognize God's voice. And you will hear it. You know God's voice. You don't, when it's not you speaking, and everybody has that experience, their own personal experience with the Lord, but God himself does not change, so the Lord will make himself known, and you'll know that it's God and it's not you. The so Lord will see to that. When you have a thought or a, a, a desire or some kind of an urge or whatever, uh, you should really hold it up to, compare it to the word of God. Hold it up to the light of the word. Right. You know, to make sure that 
You know, God is giving you the approval for that. You that know? And, 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 you, and you'll know God's voice because you won't have to try to figure out, am I hearing from the Lord? God makes it his responsibility to let you know and I remember, you are hearing from the Lord. And if you're really, really sincere about it, you know, I remember I was fasting once and I, what, I had a question up. I had a lot of questions up before the Lord at that time. But I had a question up before the Lord. So, you know, when it's when the word says that the word of God is alive and active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pre penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit. That's true, because I I was fasting and I'm asking this question and I'm praying about it, and I open up the Bible and and you I I was. I was just, I was just knocked over. I mean, because it was God Himself answering exactly in His Word. He gave me, He gave me something that, oh my gosh, it made me cry. And I was just, am, am I doing that? Am, am I, you know? And I had to, <laughs> I took my breath away. So if you really, really, really are sincere about getting an answer from the Lord. And, you, and you're praying about it, and you're studying the word, and you're fasting, or even if you're not fasting, you know, the Lord can give you a word that will just pierce your heart. Right, and he will, and, you know, some people think it's odd when you say, I heard from the Lord, the Lord spoke to me. They try to make it seem as if somehow you're kind of loony. No, God will speak to you, and you might find yourself. I remember one time I said, Lord, I, I want to do this. I, I, you know, I think I was trying to impress somebody, and I was, was going to do this, I'm going to do that. And the Lord said, why? <laughs> Just as plain, and it stopped me in my tracks. And I said, yeah, why? Why am I trying to? Mm -hmm. And I stopped. You know, when you say people think that you're kind of off when you hear from the Lord. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, what, what's the, what the truth is, is when you, when you talk to the Lord, people say you're praying. Mm -hmm. But when you hear from the Lord, they'd say you're, you're hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But anyway, you just have to remember that God wants to show you the right path. He's not in the business of holding back his will from anybody who's really seeking after him. And um, in, in any it's, way, not, it's, it's not going to be vague. It's not going to be confusing because he's going, not he's, going to, he's going to see to it that it's not going to be vague or confusing and the enemy will never and if you ever, do something and if there's all kinds of confusion behind it you know that's, that's not, not of God. God and the enemy will never ever advise you of anything that will lead you to the path of truth or righteousness never ever well anyway that concludes our program for today Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse comes from Psalm chapter 37, verses 39 and 40. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Because they trust in him now. Ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, who does the Lord set apart for himself? And the answer is the godly. And that answer can be found in Psalm chapter 4, verse 3, which reads, 
But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. This week's food for thought is fools die for want of what? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.